All right, guys. This episode of the Don Juan's Dynasty is brought to you by Oral-B. Oral-B, thanks again for sponsoring us. We just want to say keep on staying frosty and let those pearly whites shine as you get your fantasy wins. So with that being said, <laughs> are you guys impressed that I got us a sponsor? Very impressed. So I thought that was Tim's job, though. Yeah, well, I was between – I was talking about this with my roommate. I was between trying to get a, a toothpaste uh, sponsor and then uh, dog food was the other one I was thinking about because I feel like those two markets could be kind of strong for us going forward. Mm-hmm. I like that. Can we do uh, cats instead of dogs, though? Yeah, I mean, cats is probably more applicable. You think there's more cats in the U.S. or dogs? feels like more cats. I feel like I have about 50 at my house, and I only have two. So Yeah, I know. You're going to be a crazy cat lady, I have a feeling. When you're Thanks. older. Thanks, man. That means a lot. But it's a crazy <laughs> cat lady now. Why wait? Yeah. Sandy, but... Sandy will still be kicking it, so he'll be 87. Yeah, that's completely fair. Okay. Uh, with that being said, boys, the Don Ones of Dynasty are back. This is episode 12. Today, we're going to be going over the top 12 Dynasty QBs. Um, got a couple of segments before that, though. And I'm going to go ahead and get us started. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm joined by John. Yep. And Tim. What's up? We are officially 25% of the way through the season, guys. Most people don't count week 17, so I'm going to say 25% of the way through the season on week 16 here. Um, More injuries, uh, more bad luck, more heartbreak, and we still have so much further to go. So with that – do you guys have a preference on who does their segment first? Tim, I, I know you said you had a really good one uh, kind of baked for today. Do you want to go ahead and kick us off with your segment? Uh, yeah, for my segment, um, what I had was it's not exactly about what happened this week, but with all these injuries, it uh, brought this to mind. It is how deep is too deep of a stash, like a stash player, when you're trying to hang on to them at the end of your roster? Like someone like Darnell Mooney, I know someone in one of our other leagues took him. He's been looking electric, but everyone thinks that, you know, like what are the odds he actually becomes a usable player, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, I think it depends on your league format, right? Like 10 teams versus 12 versus 14 and how many people you're starting. Um, and then how shallow Let's just talk about our are. league, the, the two quarterback. Yeah, I mean, well, we have notoriously shallow benches, as many league mates have pointed out. I think it's eight or 10, maybe it's 10. So, I mean, Darnell Mooney would be hard to hold. I mean, people like Devin DuVernay and, and Chase Claypool were on the wire because of how thin <laughs> those leagues are. And, I mean, in the past, I cut DJ Shark. Um, glad glad Daddy brought him home. But, I mean, <laughs> you obviously understand that you have to kind of weigh those things out, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's when you got to think, like, wasn't he drafted in, like, the fifth or sixth round? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, like, even if he has a better rookie season than someone who was drafted in the second or third round, he could be – he can, he's way more easily going to be irrelevant next year than the guy who was drafted earlier. So, mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. What really brought it to my attention was I saw someone had picked up uh, Gabe Davis on the Bills. And Gabe Davis is a pretty physically talented guy, and he's had some cool catches through, through the first four weeks. But uh, someone picked him up, and they're you know wasting a roster space on this guy that you know maybe he becomes a wide receiver 30 for one season. I, I think know. that's fair. I'm I'm always of the mindset that running back and wide receiver stashes I can accept a little more than tight end stashes too. Oh, like definitely. I think I was saying this to you during the offseason, but when people were stashing guys like Chris Herndon 
what are the odds that he a ends his quarterback or quarterback tight end 10 and then on top of being tight end 10 what is that 105 points on the season so like what's your upside there mm-hmm. well it'd be pretty cool if he ended up with quarterback 10 I mean, that would be <laughs> – we can slot him in there. He's, he's definitely worth the deep stash on that one, then. Yeah, turbo no, super flex. Yeah, I agree, though, because if you don't have, like – like we talked about before with the tight end episode, uh, if you don't have one of the top five guys, you just stream them. There's really no point. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's probably going nuts about the uh, – what's his name? Robert Tanya guy or whatever. But, like, what, what are the odds he's going to do that again? Like, if he didn't start him this week – that's probably not going to happen again. Especially because Adams was out. Lazard was out. Um, I think the, they had another starting tight end over him that was out. Yeah. So, yeah. I I wish in my two tight end league that uh, Tanya was on the wire right now. I mean, it makes sense he's not, but holy smokes, I need another tight end with buys. Yeah. All right, All right that's fair. I think yeah. that's good. Uh, I don't have anything else on that one. John, you want to go next with your segment? Yeah, I just want to – so this guy, everyone's kind of talking about him um, just because how high he's flown up boards, and that's James Robinson. But I, I've i been listening to a couple other podcasts, and everyone's saying just sell him immediately because – like even now, because they're like, oh, I mean, you picked him up off the waiver wire, so even if you get a second, like you're tripling what you, know, what you paid for him basically. And I just don't – I don't agree with that. So I kind of wanted to see where you guys stood on him, like if he was a buy, sell, hold, whatnot. Um, he's so we we've talked about this before. I think this is a really good one to talk about because you got to kind of think about long term where your team's at. Um, there aren't a lot of historical players that have been in his position and stayed relevant for a long time, uh, especially when they're undrafted and and just on a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot around them. One of the first people that obviously comes to mind historically is like Arian Foster, um, you know, who was also like a, he was a really good receiving back on top of everything else he was doing really well. So I think, you know, part of it is what, what is the, the tools to their game? So like James Robinson can catch, he has 14 receptions for 161 yards. Um, and the other thing is, is your team competing and can you use him or is somebody willing to really overpay you for him? Because I'm always of the camp when I look at trades like this is like, what is the most likely thing to happen? Like, could James Robinson be uh, a top five running back on the year? Yeah, he I mean, he's on pace to be right now. He definitely could be. With that being said, you know, what's the return I'm looking to get? And what are the chances his odds go up? Like, is it more likely he's Arian Foster? Is it more likely that he's, you know, just another guy that's here temporarily? Yeah, and. I mean, I agree. It depends on where your team's at. Like, if you're win now, obviously, I think he's a hold. Um, but I just, like I said, every other podcast was like, kind of no matter what, like, sell him right away just because you're doubling on what you paid for him. But, I mean, think about what the Jaguars just did. They cut a first-round draft pick in Fournette and are going with James Robinson. So, clearly, draft capital – or clearly, like, player character means a little bit more to them than draft capital – um, and if you watch him, like he doesn't look like he should have went undrafted. I mean, he can catch. He has good vision, um, l- low center of gravity. Looks quicker than I thought he'd be. Uh, he can pass block, which a lot of even early round rookie running backs come in and struggle with. Um, so I just I don't see any reason for the Jaguars to get rid of him next year. 
Ennis is another position that they don't have to fill in the draft or free agency, and they can focus on offensive line and defense. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't think you should – I mean, even if you're not competing, I don't think there's a rush to just immediately sell him for a second. John, I yeah, couldn't agree he, more about the – sorry, Mike. I couldn't agree more about the, um, the free agency bit beca- and the drafts and filling out the team. His contract's only $2 million over the next three years. And what's yeah. one of the big things with Saquon is, oh, we have – I mean, not that I'm saying that James Robinson is Saquon part two, but if you have to pay your running back a big salary, that's a ton less money that you could throw at any other position of need. So now they have a very cheap rookie contract, Minshew, a very cheap contract, James Robinson, and one it's one of the most important positions in the game. If you have a cheap quarterback – you can do anything else with your roster. And then the fact that cheap running back, there's no incentive at all for them to get a new one. Not that I trust the Jaguars, but I think just in the, the football sense, not just fantasy, I don't think that the Jaguars would be responsible to get someone to replace him. Yeah, and and they have good wide receivers. So, I mean, they got Chenault and Chark. So, like, now you could really beef up your O-line and defense and have a good team if they do it right. And And if we're being honest here – um, you know, James Robinson has uh, 285 rushing yards on the year. He only needs 2,005 more total rushing yards this year to have more career rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. So <laughs> when it's all said and done for the year, too, I'm not going to rule out that he has more rushing yards at the rate he's going. Yeah, I, I can see that happening <laughs> for sure, man. Um, in all seriousness, though, I feel like James Robinson is the kind of guy where if you have him, you struck gold. And to your point, I'm not looking to immediately sell him. It's just so hard to get like a legitimate uh, cornerstone running back. And and I think James Robinson is going to be in the same um, dynasty bias tier as people like, um, you know, Connor, people like Aaron Jones, people like Chris Carson, these guys that are later draft picks that don't have this premium associated with them, that for whatever reason are always going to be undervalued by the community because there's always the theoretical chance of them losing their job. Um so, on, I mean, it's a good strategy to to look at these guys and then try to sometimes say, okay, like, people are always going to perceive their value as lower. I'll go get him or whatever. Right now is not a great time to buy him because he's been really good. Uh, you know, if I had a late first, I would I would definitely think about it. Um, he's certainly worth a second, and I think it just depends on your team. I'm always hesitant to give up, like, a first for four weeks of production. But, yeah, John, I mean, if you have him, I think you should be really excited. He's a hold or – potentially a buy depending on what the price is yeah i just i mean i know i feel like a lot of other podcasts are talking about him my only thing was my final thing is i kind of was just disagreeing with them where they they were more saying he's going to be one and done and they, they were talking about like you know the three to four we're uh three to four year window with running backs and even if even if i mean he's on pace for top five but even if he comes top 10 i can see him being like a carson top 10 top 15 range for the next three to four years exactly. so i guess it's kind of hot takey but that's that's where I stand on it. There's so many there's so many premium running backs right now too. Like I think we were talking about running backs a while ago, and people like Dobbins and Swift are kind of in that thirteen of fourteen range for like dynasty running backs. So I mean, you have to think about where Robinson is relative to that. Like I don't I don't know if he's in my top twenty. Um, I'd rather have him than Todd Gurley. Like at this point, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just wanted to add Absolutely. that um, his talent's not going to go away. Even if for some reason they do get another running back, it's not like, you know, they don't all of a sudden, you know, not have this guy on the roster. It could be a situation like the 49ers where they have a few productive backs and they give them all touches. 
So he will continue to produce if they get someone else. I don't think they will. I mean, he's already he's already taking Chris Thompson's role pretty much as a pass catching back. Exactly. So that's what I mean. He's a well rounded back, <laughs> and he's Chris already Thompson. producing. So, you know, even if for some reason they do get someone, it's not like he's just going to sit on the bench. Yeah. Agree. Okay. Agreed. Um, I'm going to try to go ahead and get into my segment. It it should be, um, pretty quick before we go ahead and go into the quarterbacks here. So um, I was thinking about what would be relevant to viewers, and I kind of want to do the segment that I'm going to do for a whole episode. Maybe we're going to get to it later in the season. But um, the segment I'm going to be going with is kind of name that player. So I'm going to give you guys – I think these are always a lot of fun, but I'm going to give you guys um, two players' stat lines, and then you're going to tell me who player A and player B is. You'll each get one guess at player A and player B, and then I'll reveal it so that we don't go down a, a well here. Um, okay. So with that being said, player A versus player B. The first one is receiving stat lines. <laughs> this one's going to be good. Receiving stat lines um, through the first four weeks of the season. Player A has 13 receptions, 124 yards, and one touchdown. Player B has 14 receptions, 119 yards, zero touchdowns. I feel like one of those is Julio uh, Jones. <laughs> I'm gonna guess B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The no, the no touchdowns. I feel like it's Julio Jones. Um, what was the first player again? Thirteen receptions, 124 yards, and one touchdown. Crowder. T. Y. Hilton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both of these guys are on pace for like 500 receiving yards, which isn't good. Um, but. They're good in light of some stuff. Okay. Player A, which is 13 for 124 and a touchdown, is DeAndre Swift. That's his receiving stat line through the first four weeks. So that's even with minimal usage. He's almost on pace for uh, almost 500 receiving yards, which is pretty good when you consider his snap counts really low. Um, Player B, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Player B is A.J. Green. 14 receptions for 119 scoreless yards through the first four weeks of the year. Yeah, he's not looking His too hot. This week must have sunk some people, man. They've been airing it out all day. Yeah. You play AJ Green thinking you're going to be fine. <laughs> Dude, T. Higgins already kind of took over. Joe Burrow has like 1,100 yards on the season, on the season and uh, AJ Green is 119 of them. That's good. So, yeah, 10% <laughs> market share for your number one is always really what you want. So, um, yeah, so I think the takeaways here, just super quickly, are pretty obvious, right? Swift, I think a lot of people don't love what they've seen so far. They're kind of slow around it, and that's totally fair. Um, want to point out that, you know, there's a couple of pretty good analytical pieces that look at running backs taken in the second round and later and their first three to four weeks of production. And surprisingly, Swift is actually kind of ahead of where a lot of other big names are. He actually has more points scored than Alvin Kamara did through his first three weeks. Um, I think he has more than LaShawn McCoy through his first three weeks. So there's a couple other names. So don't get disheartened. Same thing with J.K. Dobbins. He's actually looked pretty solid as well. Um, if you have A.J. Green, I would probably sell him for a ham sandwich at this point. Uh, I don't know if you'd get one. but I'd give, you, I'd give you half a ham sandwich maybe without any mustard. So what's that, third? Mm, yeah, I guess. I wouldn't even give a third. I'd hope you I, – I got someone like Josh Kelly I'm... for a third. And the value and upside hey, there's the value down. and upside there is so much higher than an old underperforming crippled AJ Green. 
Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know quite what it is. If he's really old and just this debilitated and maybe his career is about to be done kind of like Des Bryant's was years ago. But it's definitely interesting. Um, okay, let's let's keep going. So that was my first one. I got three of these total. My second one is going to be receiving again. And, and I, I had to pick a couple that I just thought were really funny. So receiving, player A, 30 receptions, 321 yards, three touchdowns. Player B, 19 receptions. 286 yards, four touchdowns. So, so basically same, you know, when you factor in the one receiving touchdown, basically the same production through the air receiving. No, that would be, that would be wild. He's do he is doing really well as receiving. He's not, he's not quite on pace for like a thousand plus yards. I think he's probably on pace for like 600. It's just the three touchdowns. And I don't know. I I knew they were throwing him the ball a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Is, is the first one Diggs? No, that would have been an interesting one, though. Is Ridley the second one? Is he the second one? Ridley? No. Ridley, I think, is more. actually on pace for more. Okay, I lose. Tim, did you did you have a B? Man, it could be anyone. There's like a thousand players. <laughs> That's what you just have to think about. Here yeah, we well. got Can we start making this multiple choice? <laughs> <laughs> that they will we'll be here all night if we do that. Okay, Tim Tim uh, avoided his B. That's fine. Player A is Alvin Kamara with thirty three twenty one and three touchdowns. Uh, player B with nineteen for two eighty six and four touchdowns is Tyreek Hill. So yeah, Alvin Kamara just on his receiving is actually basically outpacing Tyreek Hill, not including his rushing. Is is it basically? It, wh- what are the odds that Alvin Kamara isn't? the number one scoring RB at this point in the year. What, what would you say that he's above 75% chance likely to finish his RB one? They're targeting him a ton and it's working. I mean, obviously Breeze is doing that partially because Michael Thomas is missing, but if it's working, there's no reason for them to stop. Once he comes back, you know, you have, you still have Michael Thomas with a little bit of an ankle sprain. Why not just keep checking it down? Dude, if, if anything, I feel like Michael Thomas is going <laughs> to make Breeze be able to dump it off more. That's true. Because <laughs> people won't just be queuing up on uh, Kamara. I can't believe he's he's on pace for 120 Dude, receptions Breeze, of 1,200 receiving yards. Breeze can't throw the ball more than 20 yards downfield. What do you think that. he's going to do? The better question is why do, why do other teams not cheat up on Kamara at this point by doubling him? It's crazy to think you would double a running back. I would probably double him though. I mean, they still, they still have – Traquan Smith's not bad. Emmanuel Sanders is fast. Like you can't just like bring everybody up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely weird. It kinda reminds me of Mariota years ago when like Mariota couldn't throw more than twenty five yards and everybody just cheated up. The difference was Mariota didn't have Alvin Kamara to throw it to to just cheat cheat code and break four tackles. Um (laughs) Okay. Uh last last one I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a little bit easier. So the last one I'll tell you right now, it's two running backs. It's total yards and touchdowns on the year. So player A has 295 total yards with four touchdowns. Player B has 360 total yards with two touchdowns. You said two total touchdowns for uh, number two? The second one is 360 total yards with two total Uh, touchdowns. Is that Zeke? Jacobs for B. No, no, he's got way less yards. I I guess Jacobs for B, but A, I, I don't know. What was A again? Okay, A was Jarek McKinnon, who has 60 fantasy points. is on pace for 240 right now. 
Uh, player B is Jonathan Taylor, who has 52 points and is on pace to break 200. Um, so both of them are performing really well. I, I just think it's crazy. Like, this is this is kind of why you play fantasy at the end of the day. Sometimes it's just crazy to think that somebody like Jarek McKinnon, who you guys know I like already, but was, like, completely left for dead. And he, he's not going to he's not gonna end with 240 fantasy points. I think Monster's going to come back. Um, his receiving work won't completely go away. I mean, it's it's pretty likely he ends with more than 150. That would be – 90 points through the last 12 games of the season. That would still be really, that'd be flex value. I would say almost averaging 10 points a game for the season. Yeah. McKinnon's looking good. It's just weird because you never really know exactly what is going on in the head of Shanahan. He rage benched (laughs) Nick Mullins in the middle of the game last week. So we'll see. Okay. Um, that's guys. That's all I have for my segment. Um, I definitely think that these are kind of eye-opening. I'm going to continue to look at them in general. We might have to try to structure the game a little bit differently, so I don't completely uh, leave you guys in a position that it's nearly impossible to guess the points and uh, total yards and touchdowns for people. Yeah, that'd um, be nice. <laughs> with that being said, we're going to go into our quarterbacks one through twelve. And this was a good thought exercise. I have a feeling um, we're kind of in a similar boat to wide receivers that the, you know, the first eight might be worth a lot more than like nine through 12 or nine through 14. Um, With that being said, I did tiers again, just like I did for running backs and wide receivers. And my tier one here is actually a lot like my tier one for running backs. And that is going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's he's in his own tier um, at one. So so my major changes, I think before the season, Lamar and Patrick Mahomes were in this tier together. I, I think Mahomes is now in this tier alone because I really do think when you consider safety, age, um, you know, it, it's just like yesterday he had a bad game and he still had those two BS little flick forward touchdowns. Like it's just really hard to see him not getting a minimum of 18 points a game. And his team just has a gazillion weapons. Um, I, it's the only other thing I want to say on Mahomes real quick is I think last year I was watching Mahomes play and I was quite literally thinking like, how do you beat, how do you beat him as a player? Because his athleticism is too good. His accuracy is too good. His decision-making and armor too strong. Like there isn't a clear thing on tape. I look at that. I go, Oh, this guy is, this guy isn't going to stay here. You know, it just reminds me of like young Aaron Rodgers is the best way I can describe it. Same athleticism and arm strength and, decision-making and accuracy. So, I mean, he's really good. I don't have too much else to say on that. Where do you guys have him? I think I got him at one, two. I mean, it's the same with um, McCaffrey and Thomas. It's just kind of like, you know, that's where he is. <laughs> it's not much to say. I agree with everything you said. I I have him at one. And uh, I have him above Jackson just because, like you said, safety. And notice that Jackson doesn't play as well when he's behind. You know when they're when they're forcing him to throw and they take away the uh, the design runs, uh, because you know a lot of a lot of his runs, even though they're designed when he does roll out of the pocket, he can gain yards. But if you're down by you know twenty, you're not exactly going to run a QB keeper up the middle. So it's just the consistency of production from and, Holmes is what I like. Yeah, absolutely. And and to be honest with you, I think this is going to be the ongoing thing with Lamar. I think the thing from year one to year two for Lamar last year in his MVP season was he progressed much more quickly than people thought he could, and he displayed his abilities through the air. But at the same time, there's a reason that Lamar went 32nd in the draft when he went. 
And it's because he really was still kind of a raw thrower and his ability and, you know, the tightness of his spirals, like those things still exist. So like, is his talent out of this world? Is he really good still? Absolutely. Like I'm not going to overreact to the first four weeks of the season, but to, to your point, he, it doesn't matter how much he progresses. He's never going to throw like Patrick Mahomes. It's just a fact. And he's always going to be at a higher risk injury chance because of the way he runs. Um, he's going to be a weak winner. He's going to be a league winner. Like I still love him. Um, and we're going to get into him in a second. Cause he's in my, he's the first player in my second tier, but yeah, like if there's a, you know, if there was a debate before the season, who you want between Mahomes and Lamar, I just think that I go back to the, I want the traditional pocket passer. He's going to last longer in this league. Yeah, I think you guys are going to be kind of surprised where I have Lamar. Um, just because, like Mike, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan. But, uh, yeah, I agree with everything he said. And he runs way too much. And I know they said they were going to cut down on it, but it still seems like when things aren't exactly going his way in the passing game, he just starts running again. Um, and that's kind of like the next step that he needs to take is just to be more comfortable in the pocket. Um, and not really rely on his running game, which I haven't fully seen him take yet. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and like, yeah, so I, like I said, he's the first player in my second tier. My second tier is a little bit bigger, whereas before there was a gap between tier one and the next tier. Um, you know, the other thing that I do think is worth mentioning, which I don't think a lot of people know, is that Lamar's two years younger than Mahomes. Lamar's actually only 23. He's the same age as Kyler. So, you know, he has a lot of room to still grow in these areas, but it's more about projecting what's the most likely thing to happen and what's happened thus far. And like Mahomes is just, there's just too much there for me to move him out of that spot. Yeah. Um, I have Mm -hmm. Dak at number two though. That's, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into Dak in a sec. I I actually don't hate that. I don't hate that. Okay, I mean, I didn't do tiers, but the way I see it, if I did do tiers, is Mahomes is in his own, and then kind of like my next five guys would be tier two. So they're kind of interchangeable in some sense. But, uh, yeah, I have Dak at number two. That's fair. I mean, you know, looking at Lamar, I think that there might be a little bit of, like, the fact that Dak is on pace for 6,000, what, 400 receiving or passing yards. And, you know, Lamar has – is not having the MVP year, even though he's still been very good. I think he's still been in the like top eight QBs for the year, even with the really down week against KC. So to your point, I actually anticipated there was a possibility that one of you guys was going to bump Lamar out of the second spot. And to your point, I think it comes back to how much you evaluate arm talent versus total package. Dak's arm talent based on how he's been throwing thus far has been really high. I think the reason that for me, Dak is going to be Dak's my number three. And the reason Dak's my number three is because he's not going to have the same floor as Lamar, which is fine. Like we're nitpicking, right? These guys are like uber elite. Um, And the other thing is he hasn't officially signed with Dallas yet. And you can't just assume that that defense is going to be that atrocious for that long. So he's putting up absolutely nutty points. And there's no reason to think he's not going to be a top three to five scorer for the foreseeable future if he stays in Dallas. But, like, I do think that just based on what I know, I know Lamar is going to be a Raven for basically life. And I just – we haven't seen it 100% yet from from the Cowboys that they're going to commit to Dak, which – I, we talked about it a little bit during the offseason. I, I can't believe that they didn't pay him when they should have. They're going to they're gonna lose a lot of money because they were stubborn. So, I do agree. And I think – I mean, I think they have to freaking sign him. If they don't, I might not be a Cowboys fan anymore. Um, the, the amount of money they paid Zeke, that has not paid off. Um, they they got to pay Dak. But um, 
I kind of disagree with the floor thing because, yeah, he's forced to throw a lot um, because his defense has been so bad. But when they're in control of the game, he can run more too. Like they do the the read option pretty well, especially in the red zone. Um, so, I mean, even if their defense isn't giving up that many points and they're in these games, he's he scores a lot of rushing touchdowns because they run that read option really well. And they also do a lot of quarterback draws in like close situations and two point conversions and stuff like that. So I think he's got a pretty safe floor too. And he's more durable than Lamar in my opinion. Um, so that's why I got him at number two. Um, I have Lamar at number two, just because uh, you can't ignore the fact that he was an NFL MVP at 23. He's incredibly talented. And that was only his first season ever as a starter, which is what Mahomes did as well. Um Again, for a lot of the same reasons that you guys said, I really like Lamar. I think that he can only improve from here. Uh, I have him at number two, though, just because of his age and how quickly he's progressing. At five. And the only reason I pressed got at five is because of the contract. And also, John, like you said, a lot of uh, these guys from, at least for me, from three to uh, six, they're all interchangeable. So I think they're all incredibly talented. And I love that Prescott has had three top 10 finishes in the last four seasons. So it's not like the Cowboys having a shit defense is new. Even in his first season as a starter, when he ran ball control with Zeke, yeah. like he, I think he was a number seven quarterback. So he's proven that he can do it even without the high volume of, of offense. Like he can manufacture his own high volume, if that makes sense. It doesn't need a game script. Yeah, I agree with you. That's fair. And just to go back to the floor argument, like when I say floor, uh, in Lamar's last 19 games, he has only had less than 20 fantasy points three times. And it was 11, 14, and 17. He's never had less than 11 in his career. Um, so, I mean, it's just that's that's what I'm going off of. Like he's never going to skunk you with like a three. And I'm not saying Dak really will either. I'm just saying that because of the way he runs, I quite literally don't know how he wouldn't get you at least 10 points in a week basically. Yeah, that's fair. I'm quickly looking up Dak real quick, though. Yeah, to be fair, I didn't look up Dak. I needed to articulate my argument to disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't. Well, well yeah, I'm on. The, you put me on the defensive. Oh, he, he, he dropped a seven-burger once. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, I think the point we're getting to here with, like, two versus three is that we're absolutely um, nitpicking. Um, to your point, like it's probably a couple of games that have been like less points than you would expect or hope, but yeah. So Dak is my number three in tier two, um, or my number three overall. Um, and he's my second quarterback in tier two. And with that being said, but I'll just give you a second. Do you have anything else to say about Dak at this point or Lamar, either of you? No, I got, I got Lamar at five. Spicy. Yeah. I, that one's tough for me. He's like, I think I know the people you're going to have ahead of him. I yeah. guess we'll get there. But yeah, my guess is you're going to have Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson ahead of him. Allen. One for two. That's I have Allen at three. Probably yep. a lot. I have Russell okay, at so three. But I'll again, let you go like first, I said, Timmy. from three to six, okay. a lot of these guys, it's kind of the 1A, 1B situation. They're all incredibly talented. But what I like, like I said, with Jackson. Allen's 24. He had a top 10 season last year. He's number three right now, and he's already shown great improvement. Last year, it was like Lamar does now, first sign of pressure he runs. 
but he is rushing surprisingly little. I don't know if you guys have seen his rushing stats. He's relying so much less on his legs, and that's a really good sign yeah. of maturity for a player. And again, he was not he was top ten last year, still trending up. He played at Wyoming. So, you know, he had a hell of a jump to make, and I think he made that quick. And he has an incredible supporting cast and a really solid head coach who actually understands and helps game plan, like, properly. It's not like he's trying to force him into a weird system. He's throwing to Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. McDermott's a good head coach. I do have to agree with you on that one. And agreeing with you, Timmy, I I got him at four. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but – I mean, it just seems like every question mark that people had, like he can't throw the deep ball, he's not accurate, he's he's proved them completely wrong. So it's it's almost – I mean, I know we were only through four weeks, but it, he's clearly taken the next step in his game because we know he can run. Um, but in that sense, I think he's closer to Dak where he can – he he's going to rely on the pass, but he can run if he needs it. Whereas guys like Lamar and even Murray, when, when shit hits the fan, they just take off. Um, and so that's where I need to see Lamar and Murray take that next step. And I think even though it's only four weeks, I don't want to overreact, but I feel like Josh Allen has taken that next step in his game. Josh Allen is the more prototypical guy for sure. I will say Josh Allen's had a couple of easy matchups. I, I have Josh Allen super high too. I'm just saying that mm, four weeks is too early for me to put him ahead of a guy like Russell Wilson, who I've seen do it for like way too long. Um, and Kyler Murray, who I think his legs are really good. I have Allen at six. He's the second guy in my third tier. Um, we'll get to him in a little bit. I do I do like Allen. I have to say he's he's shown a ton. Um, I think the naysayers are, are going to keep being naysayers. But, um, yeah, my, my number four is Russell Wilson. And I think much akin to what you're seeing Josh Allen and um, Dak do this year, Russell Wilson is looking kind of like a league winner right now. If they keep let, letting, you know, Russell Wilson throw there's there's not a ton to say here other than the fact that he's the best deep ball thrower in the league he's extremely accurate he's super super hard to stat you know sack he, he runs a lot he's got great weapons with uh DK Lockett and you know Chris Carson in the backfield it's really a, a very strong setup and he's only 31 so you could be getting like seven eight more years and this is a good example of is Russell Wilson have the same upside as Kyler Murray or Josh Allen no but I don't want to whiff on my pick. Like if this is a two quarterback league and it's a cornerstone, I, I know for sure Russell Wilson is going to be like a top eight quarterback. And I, I sometimes wait that more than I do the upside of people like Murray and Allen when we saw the regression of somebody like Baker Mayfield. So to be fair, I do have, I have Russell at three and Allen at four. Um, but also like guys like them, they do run, but they also take less hits and I feel like they run smart and that's, Kind of why I have Lamar and Murray bumped down a little bit, just because everyone I talk to is like one of these running quarterbacks is going to get hurt this year. And I hate when they say it because I have both of them in a league, but (laughs) it's true. The amount that they run and the amount that they rely on their running game, just because they haven't taken the next step in the passing game, um, they're just more likely to get hurt. So that's why, you know, Dak, Russell Wilson and Josh Allen, I feel like, they can run and they could get you 500 rushing yards and a couple touchdowns in a season, but they take less hits. And I feel like they're just, and maybe not Josh Allen, but, and they are smarter runners than Lamar and Murray. So I weigh that in a lot. I agree with that. Um, that's totally fair. So you had Russell Wilson, I had Russell three, Wilson John, at four. Tim, where did you have Russell Wilson? And my logic was 
uh, he's the same age as Rogers when you took him, Mike. And I think it was the first or second round of our startup draft in the two quarterback league. And like, look at what Rogers is still doing. Russell Wilson has stated that he wants to play for a very long time. And I believe him because he, he wants to make a ton of money. He wants to be a sports owner or uh, excuse me, sports team owner. So he needs to get the money somehow. So he's going to play for a while. And after his rookie year, he has never finished outside the top 10. That is unheard of consistency. And you literally cannot beat that. The only reason that I have him behind uh, Allen is because it's kind of like a disconnect, like with the running backs. It's uh, do you want five more years of absolutely elite production from Wilson? And then who knows what happens and, or potentially 10 years of Josh Allen doing the same thing. So it's kind of like, I don't know. That, that's the disconnect there between the young guy and the old guy. Not old, but. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I do have to point out though, right? That like these things happen and these trajectories don't go where you think they are always. And like a really good example of this is like Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford with Calvin Johnson. And I'm not saying that like Diggs and, and the cast around Allen is the same, but Stafford had like a top like three QB finish and he had like a top 10 QB finish a couple of times. And I'm not saying Stafford isn't good. He's been a starter for you basically since he was in the league. But Stafford is – he's not a top 10 quarterback right now. He's really reliable. Like there's no guarantee that Josh Allen – and this is just to say like it's why I have somebody like Allen a little bit lower. There's no reason to guarantee that Josh Allen is going to have the same career trajectory as like Peyton Manning or – Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger, some of these guys that have been in the league forever being like really good. So I just want to point out that like, like we, you know, we've seen really good things and this is a fluid list to some degree, but like, I'm not just assuming that because I have Josh mm-hmm. Allen that like I have Aaron Rodgers for 10 years, if that makes sense. Yeah. But you can't assume that with anyone. You can't, but I'd almost rather take the safety of some of the guys like, like maybe even like Dak Russell. Like that's why I'm going to have a guy like Russell ahead of him. Like, Russell's oh, yeah, guy's I, on it for six years. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I have Russell ahead of him. But, I mean, it's the same thing with Lamar and Murray. <clears throat> yeah. Like, Lamar L- Lamar could easily become RG3. I think, you know, I'm, I, I think that's all very fair. And to be fair, you know, going along with your rushing line, Kyler Murray's the first quarterback I have in Tier 3, and he's my fifth overall. And – um, to your point, there are things to like better about Josh Allen. Josh Allen looks like a better pocket passer. Kyler Murray is athletic like Lamar, but the surrounding cast isn't – I mean, yes, he has DeAndre Hopkins, but his his team isn't built the exact same way as the Ravens in the sense that the Ravens have Mark Andrews, Hollywood, and a really strong line, and Kyler Murray's like running for his life a lot. So that is possible that it could change, but I actually just don't love Kyler Murray's arm talent as much as – some of these other guys. So like the reason that you probably have Lamar at five, John is the reason I have Kyler Murray at five. And I don't know if there's a realistic shot of him moving higher than that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I have Lamar at five and Murray at six actually. And it's because of his arm. Like you said, he's had a lot of turnovers this year. Um, I mean, not a lot, but like more than I feel like people expected. And he just still, he like looks like he's new to the passing game, you know? Yeah. He looks so a little more raw throwing than I expected. Yeah, me too. Um, a I, lot of so what I, I like about you. Murray, I have Murray at six and uh, Prescott at five. But Murray, I love that he's in the spread offense with incredible weapons. It's almost like what we wanted Baker to be, 
where he shows up and he's got, you know, Odell and Jarvis Landry, but Kyler's throwing to Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, um, DeAndre Hopkins, and they even got Dan Arnold from the Saints, who he doesn't get a lot of catches, but he's a very talented player. So then you also add in the head coach where he's going to throw every down. Yeah, he runs for his life, which worries me a little bit, but he's 23, he's the same age as Burrow, and he already has a top 10 season and under his belt. So uh, you can't ignore the upside there. I really like him, but like Mike said, I put him behind uh, a lot of the pro- or a couple of the proven guys like Wilson and Prescott. And yeah, Ooh, Kyler, like I was just gonna say the one thing that you have to start thinking about with some of these guys too is like you're paying into their upside a little bit. Like I think Kyler's price got really really high during the offseason basically because he finishes the QB8 and people go oh well if he can do that in his rookie year you know what's to say he's not like QB1 QB2 fair like obviously you're projecting but I almost think you you had to pay prices as if he was a top three QB already during the offseason you're also paying for the stability the fact that you have a 23 year old that already has the high ceiling or they've shown the high ceiling and I really like what John did with his roster uh, for everyone out there. John got Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. So the fact that he has two 23-year-olds, yeah. one is, a you know, the reigning league MVP and the other is 23 years old in, you know, one of the – it's one of the high – not the high-scoring offenses, but they throw the, the ball a hell of a lot. So you're going to get some fantasy points there. And they're 23. So – if they work out and they get the second contract, you don't have to worry about quarterbacks for the next like six years minimum. Yeah. yeah. One, la- one last thing with these two before we move on, but like guys like Lamar and Murray, they could have games where they don't throw a touchdown pass or they throw a couple picks and they're going to get rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. And you're not, you're like, like you said with Lamar, he's never going to really score you less than 10 points. Like they're not going to drop any duds. Even if they have to, even if they're not passing well, like they're going to run the ball in. So you're just not really worried about them pulling a Phillip Rivers and getting you six points. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. And and yeah, I love the move that John made just for what it's worth too, because he had Lamar, and then he had Baker and Locke, and he kind of sold on Locke's offseason hype and kind of where Baker's trajectory was. And he combined the two of them to a team that really did need two quarterbacks to get Murray. And it wasn't like a bad deal for the other team at the time, but it was a perfect move for John. Cause I'd rather, I'd rather know for sure that my second quarterback is dealt with and I'm fine than deal with that uncertainty. And I think you sold high on Locke in conjunction with the fact that of course, uh, Locke got a lot of weapons during the off season, which excited people. And we'll have to see what he does. He's he's been hurt, so you know we'll see where that goes. But I, I liked the move for you, and you did it a lot. Well, thanks, guys. That's okay. Here. You traded Stephon Diggs and Calvin Ridley for pick four, three, and I quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I have to compliment you, it's going to be a compliment sandwich with an insult thrown in there. Okay. I appreciate um, it. <laughs> Going into player six for me, it was Josh Allen, and I already said all of the stuff that I wanted to say on Allen, so I'm not going to go in, in deep here. I think, like I said, I, I like Murray's rushing a little bit more. Kyler and Allen is super close for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't have anything else on Allen. Do you guys have anything about Allen? He's also in my tier three still. I have Murray at six nope, also. I got and, Murray at uh, six. I don't know. I think I, I was just really high on Allen. I loved how he absolutely came out firing this season. That's why I had him so high. But, like we said, a lot of these uh, rankings are a little fluid this high up. It's 
it's funny to me that you like Allen so much now because the things that Allen had to work on when he came into the league are the exact same things Justin Herbert had to work on. And you, I mean, I think maybe you're coming around on, but you did not like Herbert you know, as we, we know and have uh, talking about the more evidence of. Don't want so, to too far. Anyway. Yeah. Knowing you, you probably put him at like seven to save yourself from just insulting uh, <laughs> from what happened. But uh, okay. Going, going along still in tier three. Uh, number seven for me is Deshaun Watson. And I'll be honest, Watson's at risk of dropping further. And part of this is the fact that this team is, like, as we know, even with Bill O'Brien's firing, kind of a mess. Um, he doesn't really have a surefire wide receiver one. Will Fuller's been fine. He has Cooks who hasn't done anything. I'm not excited about their running back in um, David Johnson, who's old and broken still, in my opinion. And they don't have a lot of draft capital or, like, I don't know how this is possible. They don't have draft capital and they don't have, like, a ton of cap room. So, like, they're, you know, how is this team going to get better? Some of these guys you look at and you go, oh, there's still room to get an improved line. Oh, there's still room to draft other pieces. Deshaun Watson is kind of a man among himself on an island right now. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I have him at 7-2. Um, and for me, he just, like, he makes big plays and he relies on his athleticism way too much. And, you know, I think about him versus Lamar. Um they're kind of similar players and they can just, whenever they need to, they can take off and run. But with Lamar, I feel like he's in a way better organization that's going to build around him. Right. And he's going to be able to take the next step to be able to be a better pocket passer. Whereas Watson is just going to continuously rely on being the most athletic guy on the field. Um, and he's going to keep making big plays, but I just don't see how he could ever move up in my list just based off the organization that he's with. I, I agree with all that. I so. have Watson at eight, and for a lot of the similar reasons, uh, the lack of talent around him, well, lack of superior talent or firepower, and there's no conceivable way to really get it unless they somehow find some new cap space and drop it on a wide receiver or some offensive line help. But I really like that he's the back-to-back top five seasons in the past couple of years. He's really talented, and he's such a smart player. But he does kind of play hero ball sometimes, so you're going to get a lot of just dumb picks that should never have been thrown. So that'll set you back a couple points uh, every now and then. And I just want to say one thing that I really am looking forward to with Bill O'Brien's firing is his offense is so complex and hard to run, and the new offense is probably going to be a little more QB friendly. Now, Watson, again, is a really smart quarterback that can handle this, but a QB friendly offense would just free up so much or uh, so much else for him to actually work on and do. He won't have to worry about setting protections, option routes, stuff like that. He can just play. So that's why I have Watson at eight. I have Burrow at seven. Yeah. I... Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I don't hate that, Tim. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm close to putting – it's just it seems it seems like an overreaction to put Burrow ahead, um, just because it's only been a couple of weeks, four weeks. But you know, Patrick Mahomes has eleven hundred thirty-four passing yards on the year. Uh, Joe Burrow has eleven hundred twenty-one. So yeah, like Patrick Mahomes obviously has a lot more touchdowns. Like Casey offense is explosive as hell, but Joe Burrow has been really, really good through the first four weeks. He's the only rookie in history that's ever had three consecutive 300 passing yard games. And I understand that it's a really bad defense and he's running and throwing for his life. But like his, it's the same things we said when we were scouting him during the off season, his pocket presence and his ability to move around in the pocket is so good that his line being garbage hasn't 
like imagine if he had a good line like this is what he's doing behind a line that's been worse than advertised worse than expected um and he's just instantly making people in that offense very relevant like Tyler Boyd has been really good and T Higgins has been really good and AJ Green has been congratulating them from the sideline but with the exception of that like he's been making those weapons really good yeah, so I've I've burrowed eight too. Wasn't he so in college? Wasn't he the only quarterback that had a better yes. passer rating uh, while under pressure or something like that? It was like some crazy yes. stat like that. Yeah, and so he's been pretty consistent with that, carrying over to the NFL. Um, but he just looks so, no matter the situation, just looks so comfortable and confident. And like you said, Mike, I was going back and forth between him and Watson at seven and eight. I just feel like Watson's been doing it for a little bit longer, so I had to give him the bump up to seven. Um, but I got Burrow at eight. And and this is the highest praise I can quite literally give Joe Burrow. He's the eighth person that I've named. He's the only person I've named that I think can be in Patrick Mahomes' tier in the next two years. He's the only person I see that that I realistically think that. And the reason I say that is because – he has the draft capital and he has the intangibles that some of these other guys, they're going to have insane seasons, like no doubt. He's the only guy that I think has that kind of a ceiling, quite honestly. And and the only guy that's going to do it because of not having some conglomeration of his legs and whatever as well. Like he has actually more athleticism than some of these other guys. I was listening to an announcer, I think on Sunday saying that, you know, Joe Burrow has the the accuracy and the pocket presence and intelligence of a guy like Brady and Breeze, which obviously like, hey, it's been four games, calm down. I get that. Um, he's more he's way more athletic than them. He's super, super athletic for for those traits. I mean, that's that's all I can really say about it. I think that I look at him and I go, this might be a dude that that ends up in Mahomes' tier. So yeah, yeah no, so I, just the upside is so nice, like, and uh, like I said before, I I have him at seven, and I have him over Watson just because of uh, the skill positions have been filled out for him. They just need offensive line help. I know a lot of teams have been saying that for years. Oh, we just need a new or some new guys on the offensive line. It'll clear up, and it never happens. Hopefully, the Bengals can figure that out. But he's playing so much better than expected as a number one pick, and. He's going to be throwing to T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd for a while. So those are not a bad one-two punch. Exactly. So I love this. And no preseason. He didn't. He didn't have the. He didn't have the luxury of like Mahomes of sitting for a year, and he didn't even have a single preseason game. And he like walked right in and just said, "Ah, it doesn't really matter to me." I mean, he's got the it factor for sure. I'm really excited what he, you know, what see what he's going to do. And unfortunate that. Uh, my Ravens are going to be playing him twice a year, but at least, you know, he's fun to watch. And I think those games are going to be really interesting matchups going forward. Yep. Absolutely agree. Okay. Um, so Joe Burrow was the last player I had in my tier three, and it sounds like we all had Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow seven, eight. Um, so moving into my tier four, um, my tier four is very small. And the, the player I have right here at nine is Aaron Rodgers. And this is kind of the – this guy is so good that three or four years of this guy is worth more right now than the guys that are younger and have more question marks later. I don't think there's a ton I have to say about Aaron Rodgers. Like, you see what he's doing this year. Obviously, drafting uh, Jordan Love pissed him off. So, um, I was asking this to my roommate yesterday, but was sacrificing a first-round pick um, worth it to make, you know, Aaron Rodgers have a <laughs> Peyton Manning, like, 5,500 touchdown <laughs> Or 5,500-yard, 55-touchdown year. We're going to find out. I mean, he's not on pace for exactly that. But he is on pace for 
what is it, 13 touchdowns through the year. So 52 touchdowns, no picks mm-hmm. so far. Not bad. And that's without Devontae Adams, too. He was throwing he a lot of time in Come on. I mean, yep. who is this guy? Like... <laughs> no, Mike, I, I have him here, too, because I feel like – I mean, when you took him originally in our league, I feel like me and Tim were like, oh, what's he doing taking this old guy at QB in a dynasty league? And now all of a sudden he doesn't seem that old. And I can see him playing for another four to five years, um, being competitive. And I can see him playing for longer just to keep freaking Jordan Love off the field. (laughs) Just to spite them. I also have him at nine. Yeah, just to spite them. It was kind of the risk reward of – do you really trust all you know these upside picks? Like I don't trust that Baker Mayfield is going to put it together and become Aaron Rodgers. Like you guys said, I'd rather have you know three plus top eight seasons because he's consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Versus, hey, maybe this guy will be top twelve for five years. And also, quarterbacks are sorry, you got it. Oh, yeah, going to say quarterbacks are playing where, in their forties now, so he's no, thirty six. That's four more years minimum I could see him play yeah yeah I agree and I know you were mentioning it before where this is where it gets a little tough I mean because you got guys like Stafford um trying to think who else like who else is really that old um Matt Ryan Matt Ryan Matt Ryan Matt Ryan um even Carr is getting in his 30s um but those guys are just like kind of consistent like top Mm -hmm. 20 quarterbacks like they'll never really crack the list the list Rodgers is really the only one that I would put in the top 12 yeah yeah I totally agree with that and we have we have clear consensus there so I don't think we need to go on Rodgers too much longer um the next player and it's the only other player I have in tier four is Carson Wentz at 10 and this one's definitely weird for me because Carson's had such a bizarre last two seasons but I you know, you can't forget that he almost had an MVP year, his second year in the league. So, like, I, you know that Carson is naturally still really talented. Um, you know, he's the first person, I think, in NFL history to put up 4,000 wow. receiving or passing yards and not have a 500-yard receiver. So, uh, that was last year. So, he basically just willed that team to do what it did. You know, they have a billion injuries on the team. The line is in absolute shambles. And, like, this season at this point is a wash. But – I still like Carson enough and he's still young enough that I have him here. And he's probably honestly a good buy low because, you know, he's only 27. He's four years younger than Wilson. feels like he's been around longer. Um, and I think that there's probably some owners that are probably, you know, close to sick of him and probably done with him. So I would be looking to maybe even buy him, but I don't think it's realistic that he actually gets much higher than where he is right now. I think you're kind of buying him and the upside is limited. I don't see him moving higher than QB 10 or QB eight. Yeah, I agree. I'm at 10 too. Um, and it's just, it's also the injuries too. I feel like he gets hurt a lot and you combine that with not really having an O-line and no weapons. Um, I basically just have him here because like you said, he had the MVP season and he's still young enough to, to, you know, to do it again. Um, and they're, like I said, with the guys like Stafford and then like, I just can't move them up. So that's, Basically, the only reason why I have once at ten, um, but yeah, I agree I, with you. I that. think I don't that's around the place for him. I have him at twelve list. actually, but again, the ten to twelve. This is the hey, they either have some upside or they're just consistently going to be around ten to twelve. And once I agree with Mike, he's a perfect buy low candidate because he's got the miserable supporting cast, which hopefully they fix up. 
and he's made of glass. But when he does play, he's clearly talented. So I have him at 12, and I have Jared Goff at 10. Can I can I defend that? Can I defend Oh, that? I hate that. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay, so. Sure, I, I, I can't wait for you to defend it. So he's uh, he's got his contract <laughs> last extension, five for you and he's got a really solid, well, I'd say great supporting cast who are also extended. They clearly keep investing into the offense, and they want to keep it firing. He might not be the most talented, but he puts up numbers. He has good passing volume. He was top 10 last year. He's number 13 now. In the last four seasons, he's been top – he's been number 12, number 6, number 13, and right now he's 13. So he hovers around this spot, around 11 to 13, every single year. And I just wanted to add a note that, no, it's not all roses. He produces really well against, you know, the middle of the road to bad defenses. But if he's going up against, like, a buzzsaw, you know, like the 2018, Bear, or the 2018 Bears or the 49ers last year, you could see it coming from a mile away that he's going to get shit on. So he's not – exactly. So he's not – he's not a well, set he's not good under pressure. Like he's Watson, really, really bad under pressure. Again, I love that he yep. is a top – like just – it's like once He is around this ranking every single year. I – I so like mm. – Here's my thing. All right, so let's let's take a step back from from your position on it, because really the only thing that's truly going to matter is how you associate picks. If you were doing a startup today, right, um, and you and this is you, you would because this is ultimately what rankings are: Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, Baker Baker Mayfield, and uh, Jared Goff on the board. Then... You would take Jared Goff over all three of those. You. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the start of draft, draft so you need a quarterback. One, this is again, your first this, quarterback. This is where he goes. This is his every, – every season he's around this ranking. Well, I'm saying these he's, other guys are on he's, the board. He's, he's I'm, not the only one. I'm saying, I'm saying Herbert, Tua, and Baker are on the board in addition to, to Jared Goff. You would take Jared well, like Goff over before, the upside of – the proven production really over upside. He has four – well, if he continues this, he has four straight top 13 seasons – and 10 or 11. Okay, but we're talking about where are we at right now? Number 10 or 11? 10. Oh, we're at 10, dude. Oh, Tim. <laughs> but to be fair, you had Montgomery at what? <laughs> 10 for your running back ranks, John? <laughs> so everybody gets one of these. Well, at least both of you guys should get one of these. It makes it more fun. All right, John. Who, yeah, that's fair. That's you fair. had once at 10. Um, yeah, Tim, I, I really hope people do listen for all hour and four minutes of what, this pod because I want them to hear you say that and I want us to have it on recorded evidence. I understand your logic. <laughs> like with, before we jump to the next topic, I understand your logic. Like you're paying for his safety. And I told, I do get that. I just like, well, I've already Herbert seen four 11, games so of Justin right Herbert. There. I'd rather have Justin Herbert. Um, yep. It, and Herbert's my 11. Dude, when I was. Not gonna lie, when I was talking about guys like um, um, Stafford and them, I I assumed Goff was like Same thirty-five. Jeff was I did not realize he was only twenty-five. He's very old. young. It he feels like young. he's it, yeah, but it feels like he's it feels like he's been in the league forever and just hasn't done anything. He's actually younger than Wentz. In my Wentz is twenty-seven. In my opinion, yeah, it it feels like that yeah. too. He he definitely is 
somebody who has been successful when he's successful because of Sean McVay. I think that his perception is weird because unlike some of these other guys, he will drop absolute clunkers. He will give you four points yeah. and you will lose a week because of him. Dude, I lost my last week in a regular league because I had to start him because Newton got Corona and I lost. What do you get? Eight so, points against the Giants? I think you got like 10. Yeah. Stuff. Well, okay. Um, All right. So, moving on. So, Justin Herbert's my 11. Tim, you said he's your 11. I think, you know, long story short here, the arm talent's clearly there. Um, he's athletic, he's got a good arm. Uh, he's, you know, like Burrow on basically no preseason has looked good and he's played legit defenses. The chiefs is a hard defense to play. That's a really good coach. The Buccaneers is a top three defense this year in fantasy scoring. Like that's a legitimate defense too. He's had hard matchups and he's, he looks every bit as legit as you think he would. So if I had Herbert, I would be really excited right now. Yeah, I agree with you. And with the Burrow thing where Burrow is the first rookie quarterback to what throw over 300 yards his first three games. Herbert was 10 yards short of that. He threw for 290 yep. his last game. So he's right there. Um, real quick, I have him at 12. I do have Baker at 11, which I'll explain after this. Um, but I liked how Herbert, against the Chiefs, he had no no notice. He just got thrown in the game. And, you know, he looked good. He, looked, he didn't look nervous or anything, which is expected because he just got thrown in the game. But then the next game he played the Buccaneers and he had the whole week to prepare. And everyone was saying how – you know, I was listening to other podcasts and other watching other shows, and they were saying, "Oh, like I really want to see how he plays now because he has the whole week to prepare, and that's when the nerves kick in and everything." And he looked the exact same. Um, and like you said, the Buccaneers are a really good defense, um, so I like Herbert. And you know, got to give credit to the league mate who basically went against the grain and said, "I'm taking Herbert over Tua," because like we don't know. You know, both of them could end up being phenomenal, but I think that the things that he saw and the upside of Herbert. Um, I give him I give him some credit because the Chargers are a well coached, well run organization, and you know at the end of the day, I think I've told you guys I think my new thing is with the exception of like generational talents, which I'm gonna put Joe Burrow in that conversation. I think I really do think he was the best prospect since Luck. Um, you know, with with the exception of generational prospects, I think if you are drafted to an organization that has historically had a really bad time. Um, you know, the Browns with Baker Mayfield is a good example. It does make me have like a hesitancy and I fade them a little bit most of the time because I really do think that like if Lamar Jackson goes to um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, is Lamar Jackson uh, a top five dynasty quarterback? Absolutely not. I just don't, I don't think he is. I don't think that team would be committed to building out Lamar the same way. So to that point, like I think the Chargers are a good organization. I think that Herbert, if he's well coached here is going to be really exciting for them. Yep. Absolutely agree. That was one of the reasons why I got rid of uh, Drew Locke after all the hype because the the Broncos has just been so bad at drafting quarterbacks and developing them. So. Yep. I agree with that. Yep. You said you have Baker Mayfield at 11, John. Yeah, I do. I mean, he took a step back last year, but I just think, I mean, he's in a new system. There's no preseason. Uh, everything going on with the Corona. Um, and he's he's shown – he has flashes here and there of, of him being great. Um, and I just think it, it's going to take a couple games with him and uh, – who's it, what's it? Uh, Stefanski is the coach. Um, but, I mean, they have a great running game, which can set up the passing game. And I just think 
I mean, he's still young enough, and he's shown flashes where I still think he has to be in the top 12. Um, but I was really going back and forth between him and Herbert. Um, but I, I really just I think, it, you know, a couple yeah, more I games. I agree with you will get a little more settled in. But I have Baker at get more uh, settled 13 uh, just because of the fact that he has never even had a top 15 season. He has all the weapons in the world, and he cannot put it together. And at some point – Well, his – his rookie year, he didn't come it's, in. He was the number eighteen year. quarterback last so year. So he's really Odell, only had one year. Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, Nick Chubb in the backfield. Like, what? What else can you ask for? Um, Freddie Kitchens uh, again, cancels all of that out. It's fair. I, again, I have him at thirteen. It's not in, like in my opinion. Behind, so, uh, like we're talking about, coaches it's staff, just so. the fact that I cannot, in good conscience, put him over people that have the. Yeah. Um, established production you know what john jared goff has again yeah. he was tw- like jared goff. he was number 12 number six number 13 <laughs> in the last three years uh baker mayfield was number six or number 18 last year so jared goff is the mike evans of quarterbacks you don't know what weeks he's going to score you 30 and what weeks he's going to get you too um yeah. Baker Baker Mayfield's thirteen for me, um, and my honest to, to goodness assessment of Baker Mayfield is like I don't know that he actually wants to get better. Um, I know that's like maybe a controversial thing to say, like oh, a quarterback doesn't want to get better, but like basically the things that he did really well as a rookie, um, he hasn't like built on them at all. To be honest with you, and maybe that's a combination of coaching, maybe that's a combination of other things, and you know, he's still young. He still could, but he's not like super, super athletic. He doesn't have like a crazy strong arm. The thing that he was lauded for was his accuracy Um, and his decision-making. We've seen him have questionable decision-making before. So, you know, at 13 versus 11, I think we're being a little nitpicky. Like if I have him, he's fine. But like, I don't, I don't know if just after, you know, from the quarterbacks we've named, I don't know if Baker Mayfield sneaks back into the top 10, honestly. I don't know if he sneaks sneaks any lower than that. I'm I'm not taking him over Joe Burrow anytime soon. I'm not taking him over Deshaun Watson or the safety of Rodgers or, you know, once he's already had an MVP year. Um, I, I just don't know how I can get him back in there. So I'm not like, you know, I'm not like panic selling, but if I have him, he is, he kind of is what he is at, at this point. Yeah, no. And, and I a hundred percent agree. I, I mostly just have him here because of his age um, and we've seen what he can do. So you know, there's there's potential that he does build on it and and get better. So, like, I'd rather have him than Stafford if I'm doing. I agree. It, I have Stafford know. at 14. I I definitely agree with you. Um, my number 12, and I'm just gonna say it really quick was Tua. Um, so he he's the last guy that we can talk about, and I, I you know we're we're running a little bit late here. I don't think there's a ton to say to say on Tua right now. We haven't really seen him play in the NFL yet. All of the things that were on display, you know, he is a slightly above average athlete um, that has very good accuracy. He has decent arm strength, um, not, you know, sensational, not otherworldly, but decent. And he has very good pocket presence and awareness. He's a little bit undersized, kind of has like the Drew Brees um, chip on his shoulder, I think, when he comes into the league. And he's going to be a lefty. And to be honest with you, you have to build your franchise a little bit differently when there is a lefty because uh, right tackle becomes your most important position. So, there are some, you know, slight differences here. Um, and, and you know, this is an upside decision. Like, we haven't seen him play a single snap. So, taking him over somebody like Stafford or Baker Mayfield is, you know, albeit risky. But also, too, his upside is a little bit higher than those guys. And I think that's why I put him there. 
Yeah, I got him at 13. I agree with everything you said. I just, we haven't seen him yet. Play so. in the NFL. I don't even have him on here. If I did, he'd be at, I think, 14. Where, where do you have him at, Tim? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, those are all similar lists. Just as a quick recap here before we close out, guys, my tier one was Patrick Mahomes by himself. My tier two was Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson. My tier three was Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, and Joe Burrow. My tier four was Rodgers and Wentz. And my tier five was Herbert and Tua. Uh, I went one Mahomes, two Dak, three Wilson, uh, four Josh Allen, five Lamar, six Murray. Seven Watson, eight Burrow, uh, nine Rodgers, ten I Wentz, Mahomes eleven one, Baker, Lamar at uh, Herbert two, at twelve, Josh Allen at three, at Wilson at four, Prescott at five, uh, six was Murray, seven was Burrow, Watson at eight, Rodgers at nine, and then I finished it off with uh, ten was Goff, eleven was Herbert, and twelve was Wentz. That's all we have for this week. We'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about what segments internally we kind of want to do for next week. Um, we might be taking just a look back and a time capsule of the year so far now that, you know, we'll be through five weeks, um, maybe another buy low um, or sell high. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that. And we're probably going to pull some people to see what they'd be interested in hearing. But thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week.